0: Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Trolio here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. I I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you. We're believing for you, and we trust that God's going to continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Amen. Good morning, family, church. Um, we are continuing today in an amazing series on the book of Acts, called "A Move." But before we get into that, real quick, I just want to testify to something else. Hope you don't mind. Uh, recently, someone was talking to me, and they asked this question. And they were—I understand how that, why they asked the question. They were asking it towards my generation, um, but I answered it in a way that I think applies to all generations, uh, to us specifically as believers, and it was this. And This is the reason why I want to testify is because what just happened in this room and what continues to happen in this church, what's going to happen in this service and for many services to come is something incredible. The question was, how can you be bold in a time such as this about being a Christian specifically? Because if you look at the media, if you look at everything outside of these walls, they're going to say, this is what they're going to say about a gathering like this. They're going to say, it's just a bunch of like-minded, close-minded, terms like bigoted people who don't know anything about the world, who don't love anybody, who are just following something from a Bible that these people don't really even know about either. And it's very easy for us, if we're honest, to hear those things and to say, ooh, maybe I am like that, Right? Or to start to kind of want to take a step back and take, instead of taking a step forward. And I thought about this question for a second. I was like, okay, so now you're asking me, in the midst of all of this, how can I be bold about my faith? And I was like, wow. You know, there's a lot of reasons that I can think of quickly for why I can't be bold. And I was like, you know what? There's one place I get to go every single day, or every single Sunday, one day a week. One place I get to go. It's here. It's the church. Because what we do here is what we really believe. What we do here is express what Jesus has done for us. And what we're doing here is exactly what God has called us to do as a church. And so if you're in the room today and you're, and you're thinking about that, right? And you're thinking about, hey, in this day and age, in this time, in this moment, what has God called me to do and how can I be bold? Keep coming to church and keep worshiping like we're doing here today. This is beautiful, this is family, right? This is why we say on the screen at the beginning of service, welcome home. You're not, if this is your first time here, if this is the first time you ever stepped foot in this door, you're not my second cousin from Vermont. You're a brother or a sister, right? And we have a father, God, who loves us and who saved us and who gives us a reason to celebrate and to worship. And so I pray today that as this takes place, as this worship takes place, and it's such a powerful moment that we go from this place in boldness, in faith, that no matter what the world says, no matter what they say, it's lies. It's just the enemy trying to shout out another voice. The truth is, the reality is, is that God, Jesus, has done so much greater for us. And that what he's done for us and what he's done in this place, he intends to do for the world. He died for the world so we could go and to be a light and a love. So I just had to testify to that this morning. Guys, I love you. I am so encouraged by this place. I'm so encouraged by every single thing that happens here. I know life can get hard. I know it can get tiring. I know even serving in the church, if I'm honest, that can get exhausting and tiring. But the reality is that, that we are here to worship and that Christ Jesus will continue to move in and through what happens here in and in through our communities and in your homes and every other place beyond that. All right, amen, amen. All right, jumping into it. Try to stay close on time here. Here we go, all right. A move. The title of today's message is Interrupted. And you're like, what? All right, a move, Interrupted. We just started Acts, Interrupted. Oh no, what's going on? I'll explain. Um, So recap real quick. Right. Uh, Jesus is in his ministry on earth. He dies. He rises again. The apostles, the disciples are like starting to get it right. They're like, it's all coming together. This is what Jesus said he would do. He's done it. They're like, this is salvation. It really starts to hit. It hits home for him. But in the series before this, we saw the disciples, they're like, ah, like they don't really know quite yet what's going on, right? Jesus has promised a counselor who has not yet come. They're like, who's the counselor? What's that going to look like? And then we hit the book of Acts, and everything changes. Everything shifts. It says the apostles were waiting eagerly for the arrival of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God falls in such a powerful way, as we heard last week and the weeks before and the Holy Spirit starts to move and empower the apostles for ministry and they're and they're ready they're filled up they're speaking in tongues they're they're prophesying they're testifying to the goodness of what Jesus has done the story begins they're starting to tell the world they are fulfilling the great commission for the very first time to go to the world to preach the gospel to testify to what Jesus has done and so we find them now They're ready to go. They're like amped up. Sorry, my computer is not amped up. I got to log back in. This always happens. Goodness. Got the password wrong. Give me a second. I have really good passwords. One time I got hacked, and so I'm super paranoid now. Holly gets on me all the time. It's just, it's like, I'm kind of annoying about it, but... If you come to my house, you want to use my Wi-Fi, I have to type the password in for you. I'm not going to tell it to you. Anyways, forgive me, guys. Forgive me. All right, we're back at it. All right, here we go. I'm going to just, I got to jump into it. I'm losing time already. A move interrupted. I'm interrupting the service myself. This is ridiculous. (laughs) We could just be done with it. Jesus, help us. All right, a move interrupted. Here's the, here's the scripture. All right, so we find ourselves in this place. I'm going to read this story, and then I'm going to talk about it. This is found in Acts 3, 1 through 12 and 16. It's going to be on the screen. Big Bible, if you didn't bring your little Bible. Size of your Bible doesn't matter. What's important is that we're in the Word. Here we go. Acts 3, 1 through 12 and 16. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money, interruption. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from him, what he was asking for. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? And then verse 16, it is by faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. Father, this is your word. This is your truth. This is for us today, Lord Jesus, to read and to receive and to discern, God, your will for our lives. I pray, Lord God, that you would teach us today that you would open up your word, that that this word would sit deep in our hearts, God, that you wouldn't just give us the knowledge and the wisdom to understand, Lord God, but that you would give us a heart change. God, that this would inspire us to live differently, that this would inspire us to live a life for you, to testify to your goodness, to testify to the work of Jesus, God, not our own work, but to what you're doing in and among us and through us in the world around. Lord God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this church. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Key theme for today's message, Interrupted, is that action often leads to an explanation of what God is doing. See, we read the scriptures. We read the word. We hear a lot about Christianity. There's a large history to Christianity. There's a lot that goes on when you just say the word Christian, or you say church, or you say things like this, right? And words sometimes can kind of become our default our standard with knowledge and wisdom comes a lot of times a really easy opportunity for us to just speak and to talk and to describe and to tell the world about God to tell the world about Jesus but what happens in this scripture today what happens after the apostles have been filled with the Holy Spirit is action yeah. it's not words there's very few words spoken here by Peter or John when they come across this man begging at the gate and what we see instead is action. They take action, and it's from that that there's an opportunity for them to testify about the truth of Jesus. The scriptures say it over and over, and you read this a lot more in the New Testament, but then you go back and you realize that as the apostles talk about this theme, they're referencing guys all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, the fathers of the faith, Moses, people who stepped out in faith and did what God called them to do, not just spoke what God called them to say. The scriptures say very clearly, there's faith, which is what is required for us to believe in Jesus Christ. Faith is what saves us, but then there's deeds and there's actions. And this is kind of like a, this can be kind of a debated topic, right? You're like, well, how can, how can Paul say it's faith alone that saves us? And then, and then James later on says, faith and deeds, you got to have both, right? And I look at it this way, and I think the, the, the scripture, there's a lot of opinions on this, right? So, But really, this is how I understand it is that faith is what saves us, right? It says anyone who believes in Jesus Christ will be saved. Deeds are not what saves us, but it's the evidence that you have been saved, right? I believe that if you are saved, if you are transformed, if you have received the Holy Spirit that we just read about, who moves so powerfully in these people's lives, your life will, and dare I say, must look different. You will move. In deeds and in action, because of your faith, and this is what we see in the scripture today. Recently, uh, just last week, actually, no, it was this week. Just I've been home a couple of days. Time flies. I went to New York. I had to go to New York for work. Um, and whenever I plan these trips, Holly knows this. I like to make it like as packed, like jam-packed with everything I can possibly get done in the shortest amount of time possible. Because if I'm honest, I don't like to be away from my family for too long. I don't like to be away from the city here. Uh, if anyone here loves New York, I'm sorry. I don't love New York. Um, I think it's 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 filthy compared to Chicago. Like, oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Booze. Yeah. woo! All right. Here we go. Um, anyways, uh, every time I'm there, I'm like, I will go lick the sidewalk in Chicago. That's how clean Chicago is compared to New York. Anyways, New York's got a lot of great stuff. Our office recently moved to a new area. It's nicer. Okay. I told Holly I'll take her with me next time. Anyways, but when I go, when I plan these trips, all right, I'm, I'm very methodical about like, I'm gonna leave at this time, I'm gonna get there, I'm gonna go to a really good restaurant, I'm gonna prep for work the next day, I'm gonna go to bed, I'm gonna be the first one in the office in the morning, I'm gonna put in like 14 hours in the day, I'm gonna get back late at night and I'll see Holly in bed the next night. It's like 24 hours jam packed of everything I can possibly get done. I line up all my meetings, I'm like, telling people, hey, I'll be in New York, I'm gonna meet with you, my schedule's packed out, right? I do this every time. and And most of the time it goes exactly as planned except, well, actually like only 50% of the time it goes exactly this way, and here's the reason why. (laughs) Because flying to New York on a plane literally gets canceled like half the time. (laughs) I swear, in like the summer, like it's sunny all week in Chicago for like the last two weeks, we finally get amazing weather. It's been sunny in New York, and then the day I'm flying back to Chicago, there's thunderstorms regionally, literally on New York City that cancels every flight going out of LaGuardia. And I'm like, here I am, right? Just gotta stay at another hotel, and I don't know what to do, and I don't like New York. the other people will be like, "Yes, one more night in New York. Company's paying for it. Woo! Whatever." Right? And I'm telling Holly, I'm like, "Babe, this is so dumb. Like, I just want to be home, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So, anyways, what what ends up happening is I'm there with this guy. I traveled with another guy from work. Um, we end up going out to dinner. We just grab food at this place. We're talking, chatting a while, and then inevitably, as um, as these things happen, and, and like Pastor JP can relate to this somehow, and this is, this is, can only be God, because in my, in my own, like, struggles and weaknesses, I would not choose to bring this up. Stick with me here. It has to do with the message today. Somehow, it comes up that I'm a pastor, <laughs> like, on this business meeting, where it's like, you know, and it's, I'm, hear me out on this. It is not my first, I don't go into the world, and I'm just like, hey, I'm a pastor, too. Like, it's not my style, right? <laughs> but, uh, but when it comes up, I'm always like I always look back and I'm like wow god like this could only have been you because what are you doing here right So <laughs> I end up talking to this guy I'm like I'm like look dude I'm a pastor and all, it's the same reaction every time What? Like they kind of like they kind of like go back a second like what how what lots of questions like what's going on in his head right I end up talking to him all about church and all about my faith um it, I It just ends up being basically a really cool conversation, um, totally unexpected, uh, totally interrupted for my plans. Here's my point. I had all these plans, right? And I'm very, like, tactically minded when it comes to business, when it comes to just doing things, scheduling out my week. I had all these plans. I was going to get home, and then I was disappointed. And then I go out to this dinner, and I'm like, okay, God, I get it, right? Because this is how God moves. God doesn't—I'm not saying he won't move or doesn't move, but he rarely moves in your plans, or in my plans, right? And the problem is we're also naturally inclined to just plan out our entire lives. It's so easy. Like, it, we just want to have this control. And it's like, if I look back in all the times in my life where it did go to plan, like, I would have gotten home that night, and it would have been awesome, and I would have been with my family, like, great. But this conversation would have never come up with this guy. And at work, like I told you guys, I'm not like I'm not like so excited to just tell people at work that I'm a pastor. Like some people know if it's come up in conversation before, people know I'm a believer. But like when I say a pastor, it's like they're like, well, wow, that's a whole whole other thing. Like it's a whole other thing to explain. And it came up with this guy, and it would have never happened in my own plans. And this is how God works. Like this is what's happened here in this scripture, right? So let's let's break this part a little bit, right? So in this story, we read that Peter and John. It says they're on their way to the temple. We don't really know why like it it says during the time of prayer so they might have just been going to pray Um, i imagine too they might have been like literally like these guys just uh received the holy spirit they know they have this calling as apostles to like start the church like peter jesus himself told peter you are the rock on which the church will be built right or on this rock Sorry, he's talking about himself but peter he like prophesied specifically over peter's life so peter's like trying to figure this all out he's like where am i at like what am i doing i got to get to work right and so i can imagine also the apostles are going to the temple to pray but they're also probably having conversations like, yo, there's all these uh, Jews still at the temple who are unsaved. How are we going to convert them to Christianity? Like, how are we gonna tell them the truth? And they're like building up their defenses. They're like, we're gonna get in these deep theological debates. All right, we're going. Like, we're heading to the temple. Let's go, let's do this. It's like, it's time to, it's time to go. Like, we're gonna preach. We're gonna teach. People are gonna be saved. They're amped. They're full of the spirit, right? They're, they're ready. And they're on their way there. And what happens? They're stopped at the gate. They're stopped at a gate likely that they've gone through many many times before like all of these people knew about this guy begging at the gate right this crippled man and this this is like the time right so they just received the holy spirit and this is exactly how like what i was talking about in this in my in my illustration this is different right because the spirit stops them now and they engage with this guy in a different way than ever before he was always asking them for money and they may have given him money, they may have not. I don't know, the scriptures don't say that. But this time, I believe the Holy Spirit interrupted for a very special moment. The Holy Spirit interrupted and gave Peter and John the faith and the courage they needed to say something different this time. To step out in faith and say, hey, I don't have the money, I don't have the thing you're asking for, I don't have the thing the world is giving you or what you're really expecting. But what I do have is a blessing from Jesus. What I do have is healing that's gonna change your life forever and they step out in faith, and they do it. And so today, I have three things for us. Three things that I believe are going to take us from, when the interruptions happen, they're going to take us from disappointment, maybe, or, uh, or like inconvenience, to receiving and to taking, and to accepting, and then to desiring more interruptions in the future, because the reality is we're always going to keep making our plans. We're always going to fall short in that. It's it's natural, right? It's natural for us to want to have control, but the reality is the Spirit will continually keep interrupting you to do what He wants to do, because God's will is for eternity. Our will is for a short time, and I don't know about you guys, but in this short life that we have to live, all I really want, if I'm on all I really want is God's will. And I want to see it. I want to see it in this church. I want to see it in your lives. I desire it for your lives as much as I desire it for mine. But we have to shift our perspective a little bit. We have to think a little bit differently. We have to truly understand how God moves and works in these situations in order for that to happen. So my first point is this, shift your perspective. The disciples were on their way to the temple, right? They had an idea. They knew what they were going to do. It was kind of becoming customary for them. It's something they were very familiar with. They all came from Jewish backgrounds. They were used to worshiping there. Um, the, the people there were their friends, their family, right? Um, whether they had received Jesus or not, this was a very comfortable place for them. And this was like their workplace. It would be like us coming to church this morning, right? Every Sunday morning, my path is the exact same. I'm going to church. I know what I'm gonna do. The schedule is like this, right? It's not, it's not bad. It's just something that we become very accustomed to. The other reality is, right, they're going there and because of everything I just described, they didn't really, in this scenario, they weren't saying, we're gonna do a miracle this morning, (laughs) right? This is the other reality where we have to be careful because you can take this to an extreme, right? The first extreme is that, I have my blinders on. I'm only doing what I want to do. Like it's Andrews it's Andrews way or the highway every single day. That's one extreme, and that's not right. The other extreme, and this is we got to be careful with this, okay? But I'm going to say it because I really feel like I need to. The other extreme is I'm so full of the Holy Spirit. I love God. I want to do his work, and this is his work that I'm going to do. You get that, right? You get what I'm saying there. It's saying I'm going to do this for God. And what are we doing there? Actually, the same thing we did before. We're making a plan telling God what he's going to do. And that also, (laughs) number one, that's a very dangerous place to be. It's a very dangerous thing to do. Praise God that he's full of grace. He will correct that, and he will take us out of that. But I need to hear that today just as much as I think the rest of us need to hear that, right? It's not what the disciples are doing here either because the disciples see a miracle. So they're, they're, they're maybe going to do their own plans, right? Which is not all wrong. They're not saying, I'm going to do a miracle. That's not what the scriptures say. It says they were passing by and then this happened. There was an interruption. But the reality was the man was sitting outside of the gate. Okay, so the man was outside of the place of worship. The man at this point did not know Jesus. And the disciples, their perspective, it's almost like their perspective has switched for the first time because now they're full of the Spirit. And I believe this is what the Holy Spirit does. The disciples didn't, like I said, they didn't decide this on their own. They didn't just decide, you know what, we're going to stop right here. This man needs a miracle. It's not what the scripture says. Their perspective changed because they were listening to and believing in the Holy Spirit. And it was the Holy Spirit. This is the first example in scripture where we see the Holy Spirit intercepts their pathway. He interrupts their plans and their journey. And he says, this is what I have for you to do right now. I am about to move. This is the power of Jesus about to be manifested through you in this man's life to be a testimony, the first of many testimonies about what God wants to do in the world and our communities around them. And it requires us, simple thing, switch your perspective. Cast your vision on God. We can't limit our vision to the things that are just comfortable for us. It goes back to what I said at the beginning. It's all about faith. We have to have faith to believe that even though I can't see it right now, even though I don't know what God has in store for me, I do know that 100% of God's plans are good plans. And 100% of God's plans are going to bring about opportunities to testify about his goodness and to testify about his work. And that's what's going to point people to Jesus. The thing we can be assured of is that it doesn't matter our own strength and our own power. That's not what's going to point people to Jesus. They might might try to see that or conceptualize that or say, oh, like, oh, Andrew, he was such a nice guy. But I pray, guys, that I'm not just remembered as just a nice guy. There's a lot of nice people in the world that don't know Jesus. I pray that they see the love and the kindness of Jesus through me. And that's what my life testifies to this morning and in this world around us. That is what's happening here with the apostles. So don't just limit your vision to what you can see right now. I pray that we can be a church that has faith, that we shift our perspective to look to the unknown, to look to the future, but to believe that the future that God has set for you, the future that God has ordained for you is amazing. And it will bless not only you, but those around you. And it's God doing it. And all you have to do is be receptive. All you have to do is shift your perspective and wait so that when the interruption comes, you're not disappointed, but that you attain it with boldness, that you go after it, that you step into that moment which leads me to my second point, and go all in. Shift your perspective and go all in, because you have to. When these moments arrive, it didn't say Peter and John, like, hey, Peter, come over here. All right, all right. They're like whispering over in the corner, like, I don't know what they're going to do. Should we do this? Ooh, we're going to be late for service. Like, uh, once again, this is what happens, right? A moment will come. I guarantee you. I know it because I've experienced this myself. A moment will come in life, and you're like, you just know, like, it's, the Spirit's telling you, like, this is a God moment. This is a God thing, but this is really stressful. Like, what is going on, God? And you start to immediately, you're, you're, the, the, the voices in your mind are just going to start to be like, mm, you don't have time for this. You know, this is an inconvenience to you. Um, there's better things you could do. Um, uh, you got to watch out for uh, your family and your friends. They're more important right now. Like, And you start to get all these insecurities, right? And everything in the world is going to tell you, hey, you don't have enough to do this and you're going to start to think and you're going to start to think in a way where it's like you're going to think about what you have like the stuff in you and the reality is the stuff in you is never going to be what gives you the courage and the boldness to act on behalf of the holy spirit hear me on this it's the holy spirit in you that does it literally you just have to let the holy spirit start to begin to move and speak and work in and through you and the holy spirit does that but to do that you have to go all in you have to allow the holy spirit see god is sovereign god is all powerful but god gives us free will God does not control us like robots. He doesn't program us with inputs that says, you can only do this right now. God is a God who gives us a choice. And this morning, we have to choose. When the Holy Spirit wants to move and use you in your life, you have to choose to allow him to do that. It is your will. You can choose either not to or you can choose to do that, but it requires willingness. Willingness. I love the definition of this. As I was as I was studying this, the term that kept coming to my mind when I was thinking go all in, it starts with willingness. And this is what it says, and I love this. This is like key to seeing this happen in our lives. The definition of willingness is done, born, or accepted by choice, and this last part, this is what gets it, or without reluctance. No reluctance. You can't just say like, all right, God, I'm gonna do this, but, nope, Right there, you're done. <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah. It's God. I don't even know what's coming out of it. I don't even know what the output of this is going to be, but right now I know you're speaking to me and you're telling me to move, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And like I said before, the reality is, is that when we do that, when we go all in, when we receive what the Spirit has for us in a moment or in a time to, to speak to someone, to love to someone, to pray for someone, to encourage someone, to make a, to make a change, to direct our path, we, not, we might not know right now what the answer is or what the output looks like, But I can guarantee it's good. Because God, everything that God wants to do in and through your life is good. And it serves to promote His kingdom, it serves to share His love, to to show others the truth of who Jesus is, to show others the healer that Jesus is and what He desires for our lives. I wanna read this verse because I I was reminded of this verse, and I think it's a verse that uh, we all should hold so dearly to us especially like even what i was talking about in my in my pre-message if you will about having boldness right it's found in second timothy 1 7-10 i'm just gonna read it actually no we do have it on the screen dylan if you could put up second timothy 1 7-10 this is so powerful guys because it's reality it says for the spirit of god does not make us timid that's gonna be what you feel that's you're gonna want to feel timid i mean the reality is we just feel timid right in all of these situations but the spirit of god The Holy Spirit of God. There's no timidity in the Holy Spirit of God. Instead, what does he do? He gives us power. He gives us love and he gives us self-discipline. So that we don't have to worry about making the mistake when he's calling us to take action. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to do it. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power, the love, and the self-discipline. And a simple thing we can do is this: just stop and pray and say, Holy Spirit, right now, give me your power, your love, and your self-discipline to do what you're calling me to do. Set aside my fear, set aside my anxiety, set aside my timid thoughts, God. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to go all in for you. So do not be ashamed. This is what the scripture says. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, nothing we've done but because of his own purpose and grace for our lives and for those who he wants to work through us for this grace was given to us in christ jesus before the beginning of time but now it has been revealed through the appearing of our savior christ jesus who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel That is such a powerful truth for us this morning. And if we're going to go all in, there is nothing else that we can grasp a hold of besides that truth. To pray and ask the Holy Spirit, remove these thoughts, these timid thoughts, and give me your love, give me your power, give me the discipline to step out and the boldness that I desire, God, to do your work and to see it through. My last point is this, and the band can come up. This is what it all culminates into. See, it's funny, but I think it's timely. God always uses something in our culture to teach me. Um, but like these terms we use for social media, right? What do people do with their stories? They share them, right? Everything's about sharing. I'm going to share my post on Facebook. I'm going to share my, my feed on Instagram. I'm going to share this video on YouTube. And we're sharing all this stuff. We're sharing all this content. And I'm not saying those things are bad, right? A lot of us share stuff that's funny or, you know, that's on TV or that's going on in our friends' lives, our family's lives. We share photos, right? There's a lot of good in that. But today I want to challenge us to share something better. And I think the the example in this story is that something better was shared. And that is your story. And what I mean by that is your testimony to the work that Jesus is doing in your life. Share your story. So far, we've kind of progressed through this journey, right? There's, there's the interruption, right? Where the Spirit's like, I'm gonna have you do something right now that was completely outside of your plans. You're like, okay, God, I'm listening. Then there's the boldness, right? The boldness that we need to go all in. And you see a miracle. Peter and John, they, they intercept in this man's life and they're like, this is your moment. This is your miracle. Jesus is here now and he's going to heal you. And you're gonna get up on your feet and you're gonna walk into this place with us. And they could have stopped there could have happened they could have walked in they could have been like here let's go up right here in the row we're in church now we're just gonna pray and we're gonna worship and that's it but that's not what happened the story was shared and peter spoke out in boldness when they got into the church and they started to notice that people around were saying oh that guy used to be crippled i haven't seen i've never seen him walk before what did he do he spoke out and right away peter said hey It's not me. People saw this happen. They saw me. It appeared that I raised this man to life, but I'm not a magician. I'm not doing anything crazy here. There's no magic here. Not me. Don't look at me. It's Jesus. And he spoke immediately to the power and the saving grace of Jesus. This is the best story that we can share today. You guys, this is what we are called to do as a church. This is why we gather Is to be is to live lives full of the spirit, to act in power through the spirit, to see miracles. Guys, I'm believing we are going to continue. I've seen we have seen miracles here. I'm believing for even more miracles than we've ever seen before because we are gonna be a people who are so filled up by the power of the spirit, filled with boldness. There is no place for timid in this room, there is no fear in this room. I cast that out in Jesus' name. And what's going to come from this is a testimony. There's going to be a powerful testimony from Oasis Church Chicago of the Spirit's work in and through this body. And in and through us as a church. This is what we are called to do. We are called to share our story. And then, what does it say? People get saved. It just keeps happening. Like thousands of people are getting saved in the book of Acts. I'm so excited for this series because it's just full of this. It just keeps happening. And the trials come, and the temptations come, and we get beat down, and we have our friends around us, you know, there to hold us up. But the beautiful thing about this, and this is taking me to the close. I love just like the the symbol. I love the the realism here, the, the reality of what happens here. It says, they speak to this man, and I just see Peter and John with so much love in their eyes. They just spent years with Jesus, and they knew the love of the Savior looking straight into their eyes. And now they see, they understand. Guys, I pray that we, we understand that, that we know the love, that we, that we can look into the eyes of Jesus and just see his love for us. And then have that same heart for people in need, to have that same heart for the broken. It's, it's not likely that we're all going to come across a cripple on the street and have that person stand up in the name of Jesus. But it can happen. I believe it can happen. Right? That might, not be the, that might not be the miracle that you're going to see or that you're going to be a part of, but it can happen. And the reality is that no matter what the miracle is you're a part of, we are called to see these people in need. To see people in need around us with the eyes of Jesus and the heart of Jesus. And when Peter and John look at this man, not only is he healed through their faith, Jesus heals this man, but what do they do? They reach down and they take him by the hand. That to me is such a beautiful image. It's such a beautiful image and but the coolest thing about all of it it says they pick him up by the hand they walk with him into the temple right they take him in he's dancing he's jumping he's so excited i can just see the the apostles coming around the believers coming around and just praising god cheering this guy on like your life is new you have been healed you have been brought to life that is what we are called to do as a church. Come on, we are called to celebrate with those around us. As we're seeing this happen, let's be excited. Let's smile more. Let's jump up and down more about the work that Jesus is doing in this city and in this community. But here's this. This is what I want to close with. And then I want to worship because this is good, guys. I got this this morning and I was just like, "Whoa!" I almost fell out of my bed. It was crazy. All right, get ready. Here we go. I talk, I talk about this sometimes. We have this hope on earth and we see these miracles on earth and God is so good. And, and w- I can get up and scream and jump and dance right now about the work God is doing, but the reality is, is that we do all this because of eternity. The reality is we're about to all go away from this world that's so broken, that requires Jesus to do the miracles in and through the flesh right now, and we're going to be in eternity where there is no more miracle needed. We're going to be in a perfect place in heaven. And here's this. This is the thought. Jesus just gave me this vision this morning. I was just like, oh God, this is so good. Okay, here we go. Just as Peter and John were holding that man's hand going into the temple to worship the church, the place where Jesus is, Jesus is gonna be taking us by the hand, leading us up into heaven when we enter his gates. And Jesus says, you are saved. You are my child. I have done this for you. You have life and life abundantly for the future. I love you. I've saved you. I've given you everything you needed and nothing more. That is, we're gonna be walking into the hands of the Father to receive his children home. Jesus has saved us. Jesus loves us. Let's worship him today in Jesus' name. We praise you, Father.